With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Kane and Bucks. Can't stop addicted to the shit. Oh, it's Brownlow night. So what we thought we would do, we thought we would celebrate that by getting some past winners on the program. Some of the biggest names the game has ever seen. And we're going to start with this man. The man who won it in 2001. And what a time to get Jason Ackermanis on the program. Acker, thanks for your time. Morning, Cronzy. Yes, what a big week. Put the Lions back in 20 years after we played them in 2003. That was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was some game. Oh, we'll get your word on the grand final shortly, Acker. But you, you won the Brownlow medal in 2001. I, I guess before your team was an absolute juggernaut and one of the best teams that we have ever seen. You are on your way, but your recollections of the night and, and how did it change your life? Yeah, I remember it well because it was the first time, because we were travelling, well, at that stage, we couldn't even get to Melbourne because Ansett had collapsed, so we didn't even come down for the count. We stayed in Brisbane and I was the first ever winner, believe it or not, that was not in the count room. Right. So, and it was the first first year ever that they had the Brownlow medal was actually made out of gold. So they were a bit tight back in the day, the VFL and the AFL. But anyway, they finally put gold in it, and got up there and had my club suit on. And yeah, it was it was not a little bit of a shock for most people. I think I had a, I had a really good year. But Adelaide Zander McLeod, who's you know played with him. Uh, for Australia and a few other, you know, allies and stuff. He's a good mate of mine. He's, he had a great year, but unfortunately for him, we, the, you don't see all the games. So I ended up pipping him by a couple of votes and it was, it was wonderful. But the, thankfully we had the grand final to focus on. So I didn't have to get stuck with media street or anything like that. So it was a, it was a really crazy week for me back then. Okay. You mentioned, um, you know, playing, um, for, or with Andrew McLeod and the Allies, like you, I think it was 96, uh, we played Victoria in the MCG, and I, yeah. I think you had the ginger hair at that point. It wasn't quite peroxide. Yeah. But you you, you, um, you were never never shy, and you came into these big opportunities and seemed to grow an extra leg when the big games were on. Is that is that how you reflect on it? Because you were, were a thorn in our side a couple of times, mate. <laughs> yeah, I did have very short hair bucks back then. Yeah, but I actually... Most people don't realise I, I actually dyed my hair blonde because we had four redheads in my team and they kept getting my name wrong when the callers. They kept calling me like uh, Vossi or they'd call me Ben Robbins and I was I was getting so frustrated. So, so that's why I dyed the hair blonde and just to stand out just a little bit well, more. Well, it worked. I, Do you reckon I, it helped you in 2001? Oh, absolutely. Well, 99, I had the blonde hair and I actually won our count that year. And I thought then I was playing back pocket. I thought, oh, getting a few votes here. I'm a chance if I, if I ever go up the midfield and dominate. And of course, a couple of years later, I was up there dominating. But those big games, Bucks, you know, like when I came to the club, you were still there and I sort of trained that year. And, you know, a few years later, you, you'd sort of watch the game. You actually said to me, mate, you, you're playing some really good footy. And it's funny that just those little things I remember, but playing those big games and playing well is, I suppose, you never know. You're always anxious you go into them. But if you can if you can get there and do your thing, and I think the better the players around me, a bit like all of us, really, the better we play. So I, I enjoyed playing with the really good players. 
Okay, you've been strong on on how highly you rate this Brisbane side, and you think they just turn up and win? Not really. No, they they have a good year. Obviously, they you know didn't get beaten at home. That this is the strongest list they've had for twenty years since I was there, two thousand three, two thousand four. So, you know, it's it's everything that sort of happened for Brisbane. They've been building. They they've sort of been there. They lost semi. They've lost a prelim, a lot like we did back in ninety nine, two thousand, and then of course. Eventually, if you keep keep working at it, your list gets better and you you get stronger mentally and physically. So those boys are are definitely ready. I mean, Collingwood are a great team. They match up really well against Collingwood, mm. and I know that they enjoy the way both teams play. I think Brisbane, you know, when they get their pressure up, lot like Collingwood, they get you on the counter. Like it's going to be a, a very tight, hard four game. But yeah, I I just think that the way their list is, and you know, with the son of pig, you know, you got Jasper Fletcher coming, and of course Will Ascroft, but then you had you know, you had Dunkley come in. So there's a lot of good things that have happened with that list over many years. So they're, they're right to go. Okay, thank you for reminiscing with us this morning. We appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. I shall. Thanks, fellas. Always right, good to be Brisbane star, Brownlee medalist, Jason Ackermanis from one superstar to another. Bucks. How good is this, just quietly? We're just going from strength to strength here. Dipper is with us. Big Dipper, the 1986 Brownlow medalist. Oh, it's great to have you on board, Dipper. Yeah, uh, Cornsy, good morning, mate, Buck. What a great week. Oh, can you reminisce with us, 1986, joint winner yeah. with Greg Williams? How did it change your life? Uh, it changed my life uh, to the point that uh, I was <laughs> – people knew who I was. Uh, before that, they used to think I was a thug. <laughs> <laughs> I'd walk into a 7-Eleven and there'd be a mum and a dad with their kids and they'd go, oh, Stay away, there's that DP of the minute, it's a bit of a thug. Then when you win the Brownlow, you, you become a hero. And uh, that's the way it sort of changed for me. But what an honour. Um, but my, uh, my little journey was uh, quite different to everybody else because I wasn't a superstar. I was just a hard worker at the club. And, uh, yeah, imagine people like Peter Knights and Calvin Moore and, you know, uh, Lee Matthews and Dunstall and Brereton, these guys, you know. They haven't got a brown line, have they? No. no. <laughs> how many how many years were you not eligible for the for the brown line medal? <laughs> Come on, Buck. Come on, Buck. Uh, all right, I, I got the next but I thought my eighty four and eighty five season were was better than eighty six, but if I could just uh, take it back, I think you guys would have done the same. On the Monday, which is today, you have a chance to kick around on the MCG. Did you do did you do that as well? Well they open it up sometimes. Well, it's pretty hard to though. Yeah, uh, before a grand final, because we were heading to our, what, fifth grand final in a row, or fourth grand final, 83, 84, 85, 86 grand final in a row. And I remember you know, losing um, 84 and 85 to Essendon, and we had a great year in 86. And we were kicking the ball around the MCG with your, with your teammates. It's, a, it's just a great feeling. Mm. That's what it was. It just starts. I remember Genji, you know. Now, listen, lads, come over here. Dermot, Platten. Deep here, Domenico. Taki, come over here. And if I see you in the paper, if I hear you on the bloody radio or the TV, I'll tell you what, I'll give you blokes some hooly dooly. you got to concentrate. Now get your tickets right. Get everything right. I want to hear you or see you. And of course, we end up training, we end up finishing. I lived in Baronia back in those days. It was an hour and a half trip back to, to uh, go home, then go into the Brownlow. And uh, I was running late. So it was. Um, in the entree, I've, I've rocked up at the uh, at the hotel, and uh, and here I am. Uh, I've got a, a few votes up there, and you know, as you all know, I end up winning the Brownlow with seventeen votes, or sharing the Brownlow with seventeen votes. 
And the first thing I saw was Gigi with his head in his hands sticking to what I created here. <laughs> hey, um, what's your take on, you know, you nearly need to poll 30 votes to win a Brownlow now. Why do you think yeah. that has come about, Dipper? I think um, it's sort of, it's, it's interesting, you've got more opportunities for more umpires to see you, you know, when there's a sort of more votes coming in that mm-hmm. way. But at 17, I knew that uh, Paul Ruse uh, and uh, and uh, Greg had played against each other and both had a sort of, you know, and not the best games. I think Greg got reported anyway. But, um, you know, look, at the end of the day, it's such a great honour. I remember, Gigi, the next day when 10,000 people are training on a Tuesday night and, here I am. I'm so embarrassed walking into the footy club because I've just won Hawthorne's first ever Brownlow on 17 votes. Mm. But Gigi just said, now listen, son, what you've done for the footy club is bloody magnificent. Now you've got responsibilities of being a Brownlow. I said, more responsibilities? Come on, mate. <laughs> hey, Dipper, big big yeah. weekend coming up. You've obviously spent a lot of time there. The question I've got for you is exactly how many ribs did you crack in the 89 grand final? <laughs> Uh, well, I've got about three there. I've, I've, yeah, three <laughs> had, had to have a few ribs taken out to fit your heart in. I know that. But what? Yeah, how yeah, many ribs? Like how many ribs do you get cracked? Three. I really don't know. Uh, and a punctured lung. The punctured lung, whatever. But you know what? Would you do it again? Of course you would. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you would. You just want to win because that was our first ever back-to-back. You boys have been out there. You know it's like. Well done, My mate. take on this weekend is it's just going to be a cracking game and you know, this MCG will make you or break you as a player. It's made you bucks, you know, the way that you played in the grand finals. Uh, Cornsy had an opportunity as well. This grand will make you or break you. Mm. It'll make someone and it'll break someone. So it should be a great weekend. Unbelievable, Dipper. Thank you so much for your time this Thanks, morning. Dip. From Dipper to one of my favourites, absolute superstar, the 1993 winner is Gavin Wanganeen. Gav, thanks for your time. Hey, fellas, how you going? Oh, so good. You won it from the back pocket, Gav. You then went on to win the Premiership and only the your third season of football. What was it like? <laughs> yeah, look, Kane, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, it was an exciting time, obviously, for the for the Bombers, the Baby Bombers. We had a bunch of, you know, teenagers, you know, seven or eight teenagers who played in the winning grand final. So, and, you know, this week was a, a huge week for the footy club and, and a, a back pocket a uh, little back pocket player who played with excitement and and dared to be different. Uh, yeah, came home with with a medal. Oh, it was uh, amazing. And then the career that you went on to have obviously speaks for itself, Gav. But you, you do get along to the night. What's it like prior to the event? I think all you winners have a secret sort of meeting set up that only winners are involved in. What, what's that like, sitting around with all the past winners? Yeah, look, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you, you get to share an unbelievable experience, a uh, unique experience. You know, to be in that inner sanctum is, yeah, it's unbelievably unique. So it's a weird feeling as well because, you know, you, you have a, a mix of older fellas mm. who are getting you the end and then, you know, middle-aged guys. Then you've got some, some, some youngsters coming through. So... It's, uh, yeah, really, it's a really enjoyable group to be a part of, and um, it's something that you're really proud of. Yeah, well, I, I still remember being in that room. It wasn't held at Crown. It was at the Southern Cross on Queen's Parade, I reckon, and it was just yeah. – it, it felt like a different room to what I remember or, or what it feels like when we go now. But I suppose for you, going into the granny that, that week, how did you how did you handle um, you know, that – I suppose, the focus on you and, and being able to switch on to what you had ahead? 
Yeah, yeah, Bucks. It was uh, it was a different feeling. Um, it was an exhausting sort of few days, really, because the media was sort of you know following me home and on the doorstep the next morning. Like you know, it was uh, quite full on in the commitments. And being a young fellow, like yeah, you just I probably you know didn't really know how to yeah switch off. But um, it, it all went well because lucky enough I. I got to play my role um, on a really dangerous, you know, forward in Brent Heaver who'd kicked, mm. I think, 60-odd uh, goals for the year. I kept him goalless and had 20-odd in a goal. So it was um, that was a, probably a good effort because I was actually quite quite flat, mm. to be honest with you. What was the, um, what was the role that um, Sheeds played in that? I mean, obviously, Craig McRae might be in this situation against Nick Dacos, you know, his second year, your third. What what was Sheeds uh, do for you immediately after the, the Monday night? Oh, he was obviously really proud, but I think the thing is, it's what what he did for me, like leading in the the first, second, and third year leading in, just being able to instill confidence and uh, allow me to express myself as a footballer and not have any chains, you know, on me. Like it was really important because I I wasn't I wasn't scared um, to go and play my brand of footy. I think that's really important in today's game, not not to be scared to make a mistake because. You have to make mistakes over and over again to to be great mm. and to to to, get, to go where you want to be. You can't just be right on, you know. Oh, should I go? Shouldn't I go? You just got to go. All so right. that that really helped me. Gav, unbelievable chat, mate. Thank you so much for your time. We're nearly out of time. We could do this for so long. We'll be back to wrap it up after this.